Hello, Rebellion! This is Princess Jenny with a tiny correction in this episode. Uh, right around uh, the 3742 marker, I accidentally misgendered double trouble. I am so sorry. Pronoun slips happen. It happens to the best of us. I've been around non-binary and trans people for the vast majority of my life. Um, I gendered them correctly right before and right after. And, you know, sometimes slips happen. Um, so in that moment, I say he got her out of the way when I should have said they got her out of the way. Um, so I'm very sorry about that. I'm sorry, Double Trouble. Don't hex me. Um, so I just wanted to acknowledge that. And if any of us had noticed it while we were recording, we would have changed it right then. But none of us noticed because I gendered them correctly right before and right after. So let that be a lesson. When pronoun slips happen, don't freak out. Don't turn your life upside down trying to fix it. Just acknowledge it, apologize, and move on with your life because that's what's best for everyone. Hey, folks, and welcome to Hey Adora, your queer Shira podcast. I'm Force Captain Matt Veda. And I am Princess Jenny, she, her. And today we are discussing Flutterina. Ooh. Flutterina is episode three of season four. It was written by M. Willis. Storyboards by Jasmine Goggins, the regent of Catradora, Mickey Quinn, and Jessica Zamet with direction by Jen Bennett. Nice. Thank you. I feel like really like radio with that one. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was... super profesh on the Thank intro. You. Thank you. I have a wonderful voice for radio and a face for podcasting. I so. don't agree with that entire assessment, but you definitely have the voice for radio. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes. Uh, but, oh man, we start off with some pretty heavy shit from Sweet Baby Catra. Yeah, we go right into a very stressful dream sequence. Oh, um, it's the worst. We we know that we're in a dream sequence because we get one shot, an establishing shot of Catra asleep in bed. We mm -hmm. see her tossing and turning, sweating, her face is contorted. So we know that she is having a bad dream. Yeah, and this is like the ultimate guilt dream. Yeah. Right? Like you're reliving your shitty past. Yeah, it's very literal. There's nothing it's very subtle literal. about it. It's very much like uh, Buffy's dream about stabbing Faith. You yes. know, it's like, yes. are you, uh, you know, and Trapped is saying, what did you do to me? And Buffy, you know, are you ever going to take this thing out? And Faith like, says it's, that. Yeah. Not, not Buffy. Yeah. No, Buffy doesn't. Buffy is like, oh my god, I am guilty of stabbing right, and right, possibly right, killing you. Right. She's yes. She is absolutely overwhelmed by guilt, and her subconscious is trying to work it out. Yeah, and I mean that's definitely happening. I mean that's happening here with Catra, you know. And Trapta says, "What did you do to me?" And then we have Adora mm -hmm. saying, "Why did you do it?" Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Damn, mm -hmm. dude." Catra mm -hmm. tries to run away, but she starts to get sucked into the portal's pull, and yeah, she's holding subtle. on as hard as she can, and she's crying, and she wakes up. Yeah, it's not subtle at all. There, and isn't, she wakes there isn't even symbolism. It's purely no. literal. It's purely literal. It is it's exactly like you are the thing that it is. It is exactly the thing that it is, and Catra like you know bolts up gasping shouting mask off vulnerable hands in head like nothing yeah. about this yeah. is subtle she's as vulnerable as she can be and unfortunately yeah. in this vulnerable moment there is someone who we could vaguely say is a someone <laughs> right yeah, in her I, face there's a someoneness about this person yes so. and uh, it's well, emily. Not person. it's, it's em emily that's what, yeah i'm trying to decide yeah. whether we can call emily a someone 
And I think we can. Roughly. I think so. But not a person, not but a, a someone. Person, but a someone. It's Emily. Emily has some degree of personhood. Definitely. And uh, actually, as as traumatic as this is, this is my first gayest moment because of Catra's pajamas. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll allow those that. Those are some gay pajamas. Absolutely. Those are some very gay pajamas. Speaking of yeah. Tomboy X, I was just telling you before we started recording how I'm wearing my new Tomboy X tie-dye terry cloth shorts, and they're super comfy and delicious. I like how we just, like, we, like just do ads for tomboy x here yeah right yeah so, i mean this is great. Um, catra's pajamas could definitely be from tomboy x oh yeah oh tomboy x you should make a horde version yes, anyway yes catra, and you should sponsor us yes absolutely <laughs> and, so catra freaks out with emily's she shell, yells like, at emily yells. stay away from me and what does she do she attacks poor emily she slashes her right in her little metal maybe face robot face yeah. yeah in the exact same place i i think this must be intentional she yes. slashes her in the same place that she slashed little adora when they were fighting as children over whether yes. adora likes Lonnie more than her i also noticed that yeah, yeah. yeah. all right look at us that look is you know like her her gut instinct of how she lashes out when she feels the most threat yeah yeah Oh, and getting getting slashed in the face by a cat sucks, by yeah, the way. <laughs> I, I, I can only imagine. I have never it, been slashed in the face by a cat. I was once bitten in almost that exact spot on the face by a special needs child who was having a sensory meltdown. Oh, and he ran gosh. to me for a hug. I thought for a hug because he was, uh-huh. not, he was not violent. This was yeah. not an attack. It was fully right. like a sensory meltdown. Like we were out right. on a field trip. And he was overwhelmed and he ran to me and I instinctively like, you know, went to hug him and shelter sure. him. Yeah, and he yeah. just chomped down on my cheek. Oh my God. Did and you I, have to get like a tetanus shot and stuff? No, no, it didn't break the skin. Okay. Okay. Um, but I think it was just like a sensory bear down kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very unexpected in the moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you never really, you never really expect a child to bite you in the face. No, no. Um, but so poor yeah. Emily now, it's permanent. That's not going to grow back. No, yeah, I mean, you could buff it out, I guess. Yeah, but it's but a little warrior mark. It's a little warrior mark, yeah. I and like Emily calling stars warrior marks. very much as if she can feel it. She's flustered, she kind of shimmies yeah. around and runs away. Yeah, she acts like a flustered animal, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, like a to pet. Use, like, the, like, you know, to use like a horrible phrase, like she acts like a beat dog. Yeah. Like... And I hate very even much. thinking about that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they are very good at portraying this moment. Yes, they are. And Emily is kind of coded as like a dog. As a sweet little pet. Yeah. 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 And then we mm. go straight to some credits. Credits, credits, credits. Are we going to win in the end? All signs point to yes. Yeah, I think we will. My magic eight ball. If, if, if Flutterina has anything to say about it. It's true. It's true. Flutterina is a really we're gonna we're gonna meet we're Flutterina. Gonna get into who, it with Flutterina. I think is a really valuable asset to the rebellion. Well, Flutterina is a valuable asset to both sides, really. Oh man! Spoiler alert, Jenny. We've already Dang. seen the whole episode. I was being facetious. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I forgot okay. where I was. It's okay. We are a spoilerful pod anyway. We, Everybody we knows. We are quite spoilerful. But before we get to Elberon and all manner of wackiness ensuing, we are still 
in the fright zone. Yes, first we're in Hordak's lab. His his inner sanctum. Yes, his his wrecked sanctum. Is Ugh. he's picking through some wreckage. And he's also missing Entrapta. Yeah, he really is. And was like talking to like this guy you know, needs so much therapy. He needs so much therapy. You know, it's like it's like when you're like going through your shit after a breakup and you're looking yes. at all the stuff that like reminds you of yes. the person yes. and you're just even if it's just like broken crap. Yeah, yeah. Like a exactly. chewed up pen or something right. really you're pathetic. Like, they're like, oh, they chewed on that pen. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. pick he picks up this one very particular thing that it, at first we don't know what it is, but later on we see that this is Bo's surge device mm-hmm. that he oh. uses at various points throughout the episode. This little disc, this little tech oh, disc. Oh, I did not know that was Chekhov's surge device. Hordak thinks it's something of Entrapta's, so he mm. picks it up and he gazes at it as he says, was this your doing Entrapta? Or, or maybe oh. that's just me thinking that that's what he's thinking. I don't remember if he actually said that. No, he did. You're right. Oh, yeah. right. No, he does say that because then Imp pops up next to him like a parrot and mm-hmm. repeats, Entrapta, 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 while flying around his head. <laughs> right. It's like in like, it, it's like in movies when, you know, you hear the, the echoing forever, forever, forever. Right, Only right. it's literally another character doing it. It's like, hey, man, you it. chose to have a pet parrot. That's on you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and Catra's- then the little disc rolls away and is picked up by someone who appears to be Catra. So, Catra wanders in, saunters in. This is a saunter. Yes, this is a cocky saunter. This is a cocky saunter. It's pretty hot, honestly. It's I'm very, not very, very hot. It's it's very hot. So, Catra saunters in and is like with extra attitude and is like, "What happened here?" And we get mm-hmm. a little bit of, you know, villain, villain exposition. Mm-hmm. The rebels captured a bot, put a surge device on it. It decimated an entire squadron mm-hmm. of our machines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have an extra snarky Catra dropping lines that we would never hear Catra say. Yes, so. this Catra is not even extra snarky. This catcher is like extra bold and detached from consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this coolness of like, I don't care what happens. I'm just going to yeah. call it, call it like I see it. And like extra, you know, like just how many battles have your bots lost lately? Yeah. It, well, like, and like, you know, the phrase not to speak ill of the dearly departed Catra's not gonna fucking say yeah, no, that. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. But Hordak <laughs> is just so easily goaded. Yeah, and you know this this Catra, you know, keeps like you know digging in, pouring salt into the wound, and Hordak is pissed yes. until we see it's not Catra. Yes. Even you, Catra, should not be this bold in my presence. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, "What? What? Yes, yes, Two slow, slow clap from the shadows. Yep. Oh my God, so good. Slow clap yes. emerging from the shadows." As a second Catra emerges. And I'm doing the slow clap in air because clapping on a microphone is really bad. So. Yeah, yeah. It's not clap. the ideal thing for clap. a podcast. Clap. So, and yes. we introduce Lord Hordak mm-hmm. to Double Trouble. And I feel like Catra, again, being the character with the highest emotional intelligence, she calls him Lord Hordak because she wants to mollify him after having tricked him in order to present him with double trouble and be like, look at this amazing person that I have 
got for us. She had to trick him in order to prove that Double Trouble was good at their job. But now she's like, all right, I've pissed you off and I'm going to mollify you by calling you Lord. Yes, I actually have something about that uh, as well to tack on. That Catra is using her tactical strength as somebody who understands psychological warfare and spycraft. Yes. A- instead of like brute force. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It all goes together. Yeah, it she's, all goes together. She, is, she fights smart. She fights smart. She always yeah. has. Yep. And that so, is really on display in this episode. That she has absolutely. her eye on the big picture so much more than Hordak does. Yeah. She's got some great scheming in this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are proud of you, Catra, even though you are the antagonist. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so. um, the show manages to show us that even in the Horde, the use of they-them pronouns is completely normal and requires no explanation or special handling. I know. It's this like, is double trouble. There this are is double asset. trouble. They're our newest asset. You're like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, even, even bad Hor- guys. Even Hornack doesn't blink. Right. So, you know, people take that as a lesson. Yeah. Even the fucking bad guys on this show aren't going to misgender people. Yeah, Just- even the bad guys on this show are not as bad as the bad guys... In our reality. <laughs> or some of the good guys. Or some of the good guys, that's true. <laughs> you know? so. Um, so Double Trouble takes a bow, apologizes for any rudeness, because they were just getting into character. Yeah, they were just feeling it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hordak gives his angry emo man grunt, accepts the situation, because this is a good asset. Mm-hmm. Goes back yep. to tinkering. And more exposition dump, and we learn that mm-hmm. the bots were part of an occupation of Elberon. A failed but, occupation. But a failed occupation, but the rebels then seized the town. Mm-hmm. So, but it is they, of no consequence. I will yes. improve our machines, and we will seize Elberon back. Yeah, and... Catra's like, okay, big picture though, you know, like yep. we don't need to be fighting the ground war all of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And Catra sees the forest for more than the trees. Absolutely. Absolutely. Elberon Cat- doesn't matter. It's nope. what it can do for us mm-hmm. that counts. Yep. And yep. they both look over at Double Trouble, who's just chilling there with a huge be gay do crime grin. I know. Ah. As the music swells in the background. And like, like, what will Double Trouble do? Yes. What? Indeed, friends. Yes. What indeed. So that's an exciting little note to leave our horde friends on as we shimmy over to Bright Moon. Yeah, we shimmy over to some FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Glimmer. <laughs> I love I love this effect so much that the animators have done. They've worked so hard to make sure that we can tell when we're looking at a screen, even when it's full screen on our uh-huh. screen. Uh-huh. As in yeah. the screen we are watching on the show is a full screen of someone else's screen in universe yes yes i love that it's a little like they make it like the old timey 80s analog like horizontal Uh lines occasional static yeah that's a really fun like little like bit that they do there it's really it's really fun you know the the, you know the the color's a little off yeah 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 like we can tell that we are looking at a screen within the screen that is our screen. <laughs> right. <laughs> a screen within the screen that is our screen. I yeah, love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a full screen image of someone else's video chat that we are watching on our screen that is it's in the universe. Meta screen. Yeah, it's wicked meta. It's wicked meta. Yeah. And then we have Bo and Adora regaling us with tales of taking Elberon back. 
They are in such high spirits, complimenting each other's moves. Yeah. Oh, and Swiftwind kicked them. And Swiftwind kicked them. Uh-huh. So much and celebratory bro energy flowing right now. It's great. They, you know, all of Bo's devices worked, and Swiftwind kicked them. Mm-hmm. And they specifically mentioned Bo's surge device. Yeah, good job, everybody. Mm-hmm. Good job, everybody. Mm-hmm. And Glimmer's, Glimmer's happy and mentions those bots don't, or these bots don't stand a chance against the best friend squad and we all get a little right. like oh sorry and Glimmer. as she says that that's when the shot zooms out and we see Glimmer sitting alone in this big empty room mm-hmm. yeah. talking on this little iPad to her friends who are not there and yeah. that use of the wor- of the term best friend squad in that moment really invokes the fact that she's not with them Mm-hmm. And the FOMO is strong here. Yeah, the FOMO is strong. And maybe it's because we are now in, it's May 2023 right now. And mm-hmm. I realized, and I've just moved back to the area where I graduated from college exactly 20 years ago. That's wild. Um. So man, like, even if these people are young adults now, they're no longer teenagers, maybe they're 2021. 20, when I was 2021 20, college undergrad, the FOMO was so real. I didn't even like to close my dorm room door when I was awake ever because something fun might be happening in the dorm and I want to hear what's going on at all times when I'm awake. Oh yeah, definitely. Like guys, what's going on? Did I miss? Yeah. Yeah. Like you you don't want to miss anything. Like you don't want to go to sleep because stuff might be happening. Stuff might be happening. Yeah. So I can really feel glimmers, you know, angst here because she really feels the weight of her responsibilities but she just wants to be out there fighting the good fight alongside her best friends yeah oh glimmer i get it i get it yeah we all do we all get it so we kind of have uh a little more you know bo and adora notice this and so they try to do a little bit of um you know (laughs) <laughs> they Down try to playing. break yeah and they try to break the news that maybe sort of they're going to be throwing a party in their honor but it's not that big of a deal right because glimmer says at least you'll be back soon right and that's right, when and- the pov flips and now we're with Bo and adora and elberon and glimmer is the one on the screen so it's kind of like a scene change even though it's not it's it's a really yeah. cool thing they do so now we're in elberon now and we're so in when, yeah we're in elberon right yeah. now when glimmer says at least you'll be back soon they have no choice but to say oh well they're throwing this little dinner thing, but it's just a formality. It's going to be yeah. boring. We'll just shake some hands and we'll come right back. NBD. You know. Right. You know they do this for yeah. everyone. Right, right. Bo and Adora are trying their best to be tactful, but Swifty has no tact. Doesn't even understand the concept. I mean, he's only had conscious thought for like, what, a year at this point? Nobody has. Nobody maybe has taught him yeah. this. Yeah, he kind of has like a Cordelia thing going on. E- a little bit <laughs> like that like kind of like truth teller type of yes, thing like yes. just kind of like says what's on his mind yes like, definitely which, that no filter yeah no um, filter yeah so they're talking about how it's probably going to be super boring as It'll they open the boring, door yeah. and, and it, uh it's the party rules confetti cannons <laughs> bam <laughs> it's such a good party there's music there's food there's frolicking children on the destroyed ca- horde cannons. There's tiny people playing the loot, which brings me to my Professor Smart Brain moment. Yay! I am going to be talking to you today about the loot. 
awesome. I am excited. I was hoping that you might have something to say about this musical style. I do. Uh, I'm going to talk about the instrument, not the musical style. Okay. Um, But the musical style is very reminiscent of, you know, Baroque and Renaissance style uh, dance music, which I did not do any research into. I just kind of know that from my brain. So I did do research into the lute. So, Jenny, what is a lute? Well, what isn't a lute? So it's a pretty broadly defined category of instrument. So the family of lutes are defined as any stringed instrument having strings running in a plane parallel to a sound table. What the fuck does that mean? Okay, so it includes plucked instruments like guitars, mandolins, ukuleles, banjos, bazookis, sitars, bypass, gekin, like... And bowed instruments like the erhu, the viol de gamba, violins. Oh, yes, my favorite. <laughs> I love the viol de gamba. It's a great <laughs> instrument. Uh, uh, and members of the violin family: violins, violas, cellos, double basses, all of those. And a little fun fact: because of this, folks who make and repair these types of instruments are called luthiers. Wow, fun. that's a cool word. Yeah, it is. I've had, like, for example, I have to take one of my mandolins to a luthier to get it replaced wow because it's jacked up can i admit something totally embarrassing yes you can i thought i was i mean i'm not a music person so it's not that embarrassing i guess i thought a lute was a specific type of flute so i was so oh. wrong i was so so wrong <laughs> no I, well, I mean they rhyme so that's yeah, fine yeah yeah i had but no idea are, what this was yeah but we are actually and so here's fun things about this family of instruments that we are calling lutes, and then we're going to kind of narrow it down. So the lute goes way back, way back. So there's evidence that lute family instruments go back as far as 2200 BC and ancient Sumer. They are literally like old ass Sumerian instruments. Yeah, I believe it. There's evidence. Yeah, there's evidence of lutes and sick lute shredders in art from Mesopotamia. And lute players kind of always knew how to party. This is a really fun fact. And uh, Sumerian pottery and clay statues show lute players were often naked when they were performing. Right on. With sexuality as part of their performance. Kind of like Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Sure. For example. Sure. Um, And there are paintings in ancient Egypt of lute players accompanied by, and this is the quote here, singing and dancing girls with their instruments. So lute players have pretty much always been rock stars. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's Fuck pretty yeah. cool. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. But what we're talking about right here uh, is the European lute. So, you know, love when they have the big family and then they kind of just crunch it down to one. So we're talking about the, the European instrument called the lute. So what's the deal with that? So what Western folks know as the lute actually comes from an Arabic instrument called the oud which is an awesome instrument that I really want to play. It's so cool. So it's a short-necked, pear-shaped, fretless instrument with 11 strings that you hold and play like a lute. You kind of hold it up to your chest and, you know, you kind of mm. play the... You use a pick. It sounds sexy. It's sexy. It's a cool instrument. So the oud was introduced to Europeans in uh, 711 during the creation of Al-Andalus, which is also called the... Um, Arab conquest of the Iberian Peninsula or the the uh, more invasion. Mm-hmm. But I like calling it the creation of Al-Andalus. So Spain and Portugal or Al-Andalus was a cultural hub. 
And one of the first music schools was established in uh, Cordoba. Cordoba is also very famous for producing guitars now. Right. That's why the 12 string Spanish guitar is a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, so that's a yeah, super I mean, fancy technical good, type of instrument. Guitars come from lutes, and the Spanish were the ones that did the thing. Um, and there's a whole history of that that I'm not even going to get into. Um, so the oud was played with a plectrum or a pick, but it's not like a guitar pick now. It's not like kind of roundish triangular shape it was more of an oblong shape and quite thin um because it was an eagle feather it was they an eagle feather they legit played with like the hard end like the quill end of an eagle feather wow that is so badass that's so fucking cool right like obviously i need to be playing this instrument yeah um but then it's since you know went to like bone or wood or plastic um so how did that become the lute so as the oud spread across europe with trade and whatnot it was adapted for european musical tastes and um you know, skit standards so frets were added uh for players to play in western musical modalities um you know so you can mm-hmm. essentially play yeah, it in yeah. a way that in the Europeans style play. that you're used to right exactly different kinds of scales and such like that right right um more strings were added and instead of playing it with like a sick eagle feather it was actually dropped like the the playing with a pick was kind of dropped in favor of playing with fingers like finger picking Mm -hmm. um and it was an insanely popular instrument i believe it Uh, because it was so versatile yeah i mean like like it's well suited for vocal accompaniment you know you can pluck it or you can strum it um it was portable it's kind of easy to get along um and it just it sounds really fucking cool it's a cool instrument that is i love the loot a lot of fantastic information yeah yeah so the lute kind of fell out of favor uh in the later renaissance as other instruments started becoming more popular there are a couple of theories about that one sometimes instruments just fall out of uh you know fall out of favor sometimes like instruments like the pianoforte and violins are louder than the lute the lute's not a very loud instrument so Mm. it's kind of getting drowned out by more uh modern instruments Mm Um, but folks still play them, uh, particularly folks that are into early Western classical music. And of course, the oud is also still played um, in uh, so many different styles. So fun. <laughs> this is another fun fact. Uh, one of the first things that comes up when you Google the lute is why is the lute no longer popular? <laughs> so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, I have played a lute once, only once. Cool. Uh, at a party uh, with some folks that were really into Western classical music, and I was very drunk. And I played funk chords. That sounds pretty righteous. Yeah, I was like, let me see that thing. I'm gonna play funk chords, and I played like Prince chords, and I thought it was rad. I agree, but I'd have I have no external. Uh, yeah, no it's one is cherished told. memory. Come on, it's that's ch- all you need. Ch- let's go with that. It's a cherished memory. Yeah. It's a very cool, very fun instrument to play. Um, and I would like to give a big thanks to uh, Brandon Acker's YouTube videos on the Renaissance lute and the oud. Uh, I'm going to include links for the videos for folks to watch, so you can hear the kind of the two instruments and and see them and see how they kind of progressed from one to the other, or I guess shifted from one to the other. Nice. Um, 
and they're it's really cool. So that is my Professor Smart Brain moment on the loot. Fantastic. Thank you. It was really fun researching. I got to listen to a lot of really cool music. Yeah, I bet. I'm so glad yeah. I actually know what a lute is now. Yes, it's like a it's like an old timey guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Definitely not a flute. Definitely not Just a flute. Just because it sounds the same doesn't mean it is the same. That is a false <laughs> cognate. It is a false cognate. I actually do not know what the the derivation of the word flute is, and I don't know if it comes from the same place as lute, but it probably doesn't. Probably doesn't. It's not important. But we should probably get back to let's the get party. Back. Let's get back to the party. So Bo and party. are trying to take all of this in. And yeah. they go back and forth in this really adorable way saying, it's a party. It's, it's a, a big, big party. party. And it's for <laughs> us. It's a big party for us. Yeah. <laughs> and Adora's like, is this a, is this a thing? Like... Uh. What? Yeah, Adora cannot fathom the idea of a party being thrown for them as individuals. Like her brain is completely overloading. Yeah, which I mean, I don't, I don't blame her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I th- mean, she hasn't even been aware of the concept of parties for very much of her life. Yeah, let yeah, alone the I- idea of a party being thrown in in her honor. Right. Yeah, and in 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 your honor party versus just like it's a festival party. Right. Or, right. It's the fe- it's a, it's the spring festival. It's the harvest festival. Or even right. a birthday party. It's like okay, well, everyone has a birthday, but this is a party honoring you. Yeah. She is totally overwhelmed. She's totally overwhelmed. And Um, and in this moment, some people enter who I am calling the town matrons. Ooh, I love that. Even though they are introduced in the script here as two random separate people, one of whom is the mayor and one of whom is a random townsperson, we see them next season very much presented as a couple. So I'm calling them the town matrons. Yeah, and they're definitely, I actually have that like as my one of my gayest moments yeah, is same. lesbian party town. Yeah, tall and small. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I love that. And, she, and you know, there's like the mayor of Elberon is this like kind of almost like um, Castispella kind of vibes, like yeah, a like little bit matronly, like yeah, matronly yeah, yeah. She is type of vibes. She is the yeah. small of the couple. She's a little she's bit like, nervous. You know, yeah, she she's wants like to tiny be o- nervous. rather be overprepared than underprepared. Yeah, a tiny nervous femme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A tiny she nervous femme. shakes their hands. She shakes all of their hands, including Swiftwind, I, which I love. She is a horse egalitarianist. I love it. Love it. I love it. She thinks Swifty probably loves. She thinks them all peaceably. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I'm sure Swifty appreciates that. Oh, absolutely. Um, she is super happy to show them all the hospitality in the world, but also very anxious about the level of rowdiness that is now happening. And mm-hmm. she definitely has some PTSD from the whole horde attack. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the ca- the uh, party cannon confetti explosion sets her off, which I don't blame her yeah, for. Yeah, she's like, not the only one in this episode who has a bad reaction to that confetti cannon. Yeah, I mean, I hate fireworks. Yeah, and you're not the only one. Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of people are not about fireworks. So yeah. she has a funny reaction when the confetti cannon goes off because her wings pop out like a fight or flight response. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's oh, great. It's pretty funny. No, that's awesome. Um, and so just then someone else who I am calling her wife, the tall mm-hmm. of this tall and small couple, comes uh-huh. rolling up 
and is very boisterous and has some great Scorpio energy. And I have mm-hmm. a fun fact to tell you now about both of these characters. I love it. So I, I couldn't find any confirmation anywhere about whether or not they were intended to be wives. But while I was on my hunt, I found out on IMDb that the voice of the small wife, um, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, is also the voice of our buddy Horned Goon or Goat Girl, as we like to call her. It's the oh. same voice actor. And the voice of Tall Wife, a.k.a. Ripped Older Woman, as the script called her, is also the voice of Flutterina. Oh. And her name is Amanda Celine Miller. Yes, we we love our seasoned voice actors yes, here. Yes, we do. We Hell do. yes. Um, it's hilarious that the voice of tiny, bubbly, overexcited Flutterina is also big, boisterous, tall wife. I love <laughs> that. It's one person, so you can keep that in I mind. I love that. Hell yeah, range. She, yeah, um, so tall <laughs> wife is not nervous about anything. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, And I am calling her entrance another gayest moment because she just exudes that butch confidence. She Mm -hmm. crushes Adora in a bear hug and says, Shira, you saved us. And then Adora has her. I also have this as a gayest moment because of Adora has her like (laughs) pretty big lady look on her face. She's blushing as she's being crushed into this woman's arm. I mean, you know, it's cool, Adora. Who wouldn't? Also, yeah. we know you have a thing for, like, muscle chicks. It's oh, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she like, says, I mean, it's my job. It's what I do. It's, yeah. uh, it's not a big deal at all. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so it's that's great. definitely a gayest moment. Um, and then Tall Wife moves on to Bo, and she slings her arm around him, Lesbro style, and calls him Tech Master Bo of the Rebellion. And she informs him that all the kids are obsessed with his arrows, which makes him so happy. Oh, I love that. And that's a little, a nice little um, Chekhov's uh, arrow yes. obsession that we're yes. going to drop in right Chekhov's now, too. Chekhov's toy bow and arrow. <laughs> Chekhov's toy bow and arrow. We yeah, have Chekhov's yeah. sensor device and Chekhov's toy bow and arrow. Absolutely. And it is great to see Bo get some recognition and some hero worship of his own and not just be in Adora's shadow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bo's, Bo's fucking awesome. Yeah, he, absolutely. More Bo love. Yeah. And so, and this is also the first moment that we hear. Um, anyone in Alberon and it again it's tall wife saying we've mm-hmm. heard we've heard stories of your victories not past Shira you yes we've heard stories of your victories but to see you destroy those bots in person mm, amazing yes and this definite like we love validating Adora here on yes. the show and Adora also needs validation as you know it's like a base drive of her character yes yes so yes this i is, mean she's this is, a people pleaser this is yeah. part of her trauma but also part of who she is you know yeah yeah um yeah. and she's been held up against the standard of this mythical figure and stories from the distant past for so long mm-hmm. it's nice yeah. to finally hear to have her get reflected back her own stories yeah, it, it just yeah, I love it. I love that Adora gets her own narrative. Yes, exactly. Like in it, yeah, in this instead of the mantle of Shira, it's Adora the Shira, and that's yes, really cool. Yes, yes, she's I'm about that. She's really stepping into her own shoes at this point. But then we have this really hyper excited little buddy pop in. Someone new enters the chat. <laughs> Someone new enters the chat, and what? Who are they? It's Flutterina! What? I have some fun facts about Flutterina. 
Me too. Let's hear yours. Okay. And they might be the same ones that they I have. They might be all the same ones. So yeah. actually, <laughs> do you have fun facts about Flutterina from the original Shira? Yeah, I do. So why but, don't you tell those and then I will fill in some other stuff that's not from the original. Cool. So I I got this just kind of overview from uh there are kind of two wikis. There's like a Masters of the Universe wiki. Yeah. Which and you know, the um Princesses of Power wiki. So I got this one from the Masters of the Universe wiki because it's a really good resource for kind of the other parallel canon. Um so Flood Arena was initially in uh introduced as a poor servant girl known as the small one yep. but when Shira brought her to the crystal castle she was transformed into Flutterina via a magical cocoon which I think like first of all magical cocoon awesome second of all like super works with her being an aspect of a shapeshifter and also working and also as an being aspect. like part butterfly Part butterfly, also, yeah, and also um, being another aspect of a trans character. But Flutterina isn't trans. No, Flutterina is the aspect of a trans character. Is it? Is oh, a she, you're saying as when we're seeing Flutterina as an aspect of Double Trouble. Correct. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, that's true. That's a really good point. Yeah, so Flutterina in the old school show could hover and fly, uh, was essentially like an anthropomorphic butterfly. Kind of had a fairy thing, but much more of like a butterfly than a fairy mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. um, and her butterfly wings were powerful enough to disperse enemies when she beat them at full power. Um, she could turn into a butterfly. And here's another kind of nice nod to the original that they do. Um, she could control butterflies and use them as messengers or spies. Yes. So that was the kind of like here's who she was in the old school one. But Jenny, it sounds like you have some fun facts. Yes. Yeah, so I have a few more fun facts um, about our new reboot Flutterina. Cool. So these facts are all from the contemporary Shira wiki. Um, so in an interview, apparently Nate Stevenson had said that he wanted to include Flutterina, but couldn't figure out how to do so until coming up with the character of Double Trouble. And he described Flutterina as being Double Trouble's idea of a parody princess. Oh, I love that. And so then as to the question that has been widely debated, and there's no hard consensus on this, as the question, is there a real Flutterina out there somewhere or did Double Trouble just make her up? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, Jacob Tobia's headcanon about this is that Double Trouble sent the real Flutterina on a scavenger hunt with a great super sparkly prize at the end and then added that there really is no prize and that Flutterina is still out there looking. Oh my god, I love um, that. And, so, and the end of Jacob Tobia's headcanon is that Flutterina was one of the students in Double Trouble's theater class. And that's how he got that, her out of the way easily. Just like, oh, go, go find the sparkly yeah. prize, honey. It's out there. And she's yeah, still out it. there looking for it. I love it. I love it. Uh, manipulating theater kids. Too easy. Ta time on a tradition. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, theater kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were. I was. Yeah. Well, I wasn't, but uh, I wasn't college. <laughs> yeah, I was a high school theater kid. Yeah. Because that's I, how I found the gays. Oh, yeah. I... I had a I had an alternate path, but yeah, there are many um, paths to the gays. Yeah. But I do have a theater degree, so I did end up becoming a theater kid. Well, we there all you do go. eventually. There if you you're go. gay, you end up becoming a theater kid eventually. So, 
True. So here we are with Flutterina, a.k.a. Double Trouble. So we're going to refer to her as Flutterina when she is in Flutterina form. Yeah, I think that's Otherwise, fair. That makes be way too confusing. That's way too confusing. Yeah. So we have Flutterina because yes. for all intents and purposes, she is the character Flutterina. Yes. Yes. So she's just love bombing. Mm-hmm. Like she's praise totally bombing. Love- praise bombing. She is praise bombing. You know, you fought the horde, you united the princess, you saved Etheria, you are just the coolest, like, total fan fangirling. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, Adora's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that was pretty cool, huh? So then Flutterina's like, one day I'm going to leave Elberon and join the rebellion and fight side by side with you and make you pancakes and, you know, just be your sidekick. And then maybe we can, like, go go bowling together yeah, and, like, you know, yeah. all of that, like, so little sister Adora meets fangirl energy. Just yeah, eating this up with a spoon. Oh, like, yeah. Like, if Glimmer were there, she would be rolling her eyes and be like, all right, sis, we yeah, feel she, you, but, like, take a breath and take a step back. She would be at, like, giving the, like, kind of skepticism and context needed yeah. in order for Flutterina to, like, she'd be like, this is kind of shady. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Because this is, I have one bone to pick with this episode, and I understand okay. that, like, it would fall apart with this level of scrutiny, but, like, no one in Elberon is saying, who is this girl? This is a small village. This girl just appeared out of nowhere. But I guess yeah. with Jacob Maybe. Tobias' headcanon, it makes sense if there really was a real Flood Arena. Right. Um, yeah. But so if there was a real Flood Arena, then you can't just whisk her away without talking to her family first. Right. Like in Legend of Korra, they pick up a stray orphan, Kai, and he mm-hmm. wants to join them. And they say, well, we have to talk to your family first. Right. And, you know, he makes up a fake backstory and it falls apart very quickly and the truth comes out and he does end up going with them. But like, no one for even a second says, well, what about your parents? What about your family? Should we talk to them? Do you have their permission to leave? She's like 12. Right. Yeah. And nobody says anything ever. Maybe she's just like, oh, my God, I'm someone's cousin who died in the war or something. I don't right. know. So, like, we have to like we have to let it go because we have yeah. to. Um, but, you know, I thought it was a little odd that there was. Huh. And you're right. Glimmer not being there is crucial to this lack of scrutiny. Yeah. Um, yep. But, you know, it, obviously laying it on thick is just right for Adora. And oh, Bo yeah. and Adora both, you know, believe the best in everyone. They're not going to question this apparently wholesome child who adores them. Mm-hmm. And also, like, why would you? And also, they're making cakes. They're making me cakes. Right. Me, of course, being She-Ra cakes. Right. Who wouldn't want to, like, you know, continue to hang out with all these rad people? Yeah, yeah. And, and Florida practically has an orgasm from shaking hands with Adora. I know, I and know. And her wings it's... also pop out. Apparently, it's a response to all kinds of shock. Yeah, it's a... Uh, <laughs> yeah. So... So, wow. I mean, and, you know, it's just... This is the best party ever. Everyone's, yeah, you know, yeah. getting down. The meek, and the meek hate comes out just as they're trying to screw their heads back on straight and be like, all right, this has been great, but we should really get going. We told Glimmer we weren't going to stay long. And oh my God, there's a me cake. Yeah. And then yeah, they get fully sucked right back in. They get fully su- And also, I just really, I, I, I keep bringing it up because I love the like, first of all, the idea and also just the phrasing of me cake. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's it's a great. me cake. It's great. It's great. So. Um, and so we have a great little party montage yeah. with this like lyrical 
folksy pre-modern European music playing in the background, which mm-hmm. even though it's not similar in terms of the tune, it's similar in terms of like the the mythical time period that it seems like it comes from. It reminds me of the Pod Village music from The Dark Crystal. Yeah, it's it's very much in that vein of like let's take, you know, Midi, you know, European medieval frameworks for fantasy and make vaguely yeah, European yeah. medieval and Baroque, Baroque and Renaissance kind of music. Yeah, the kind of music um, that could not possibly be displeasing or discordant to anyone. It's yeah. just sort of flowing happiness. Yeah. So we've got this great little montage of the party. Bo does a card trick that wows everyone. Adora wow. turns into Shira and puts Flutterine on her shoulder to rehang a fallen banner and everyone applauds like, all right, Yay. calm down. Calm down, people. It's just a banner. Uh, Swiftwind has his mane and tail braided with flowers. Shira Aww. lifts a bench of kids over her head. And I love that part. General dancing and merriment. Everyone yep. is having such a good time. And then the musical montage ends with Bo and Adora still in Shira form, sitting together and having a drink. Yep. Aww. And this is when, again, Adora brings it back to her main emotional theme of the episode. She says, this is so fun. They've got stories about me. Not mm-hmm. some long ago share of the past. Me and what I did. Yeah. And I love Bo's response of, we should rescue Elberon more often. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. But of course, nothing good can last on Etheria. No, or anywhere. Or anywhere. You can't have you nice know. things. Joy is fleeting. Yes. Small mayor bursts in yelling, it's the horde! Oh, no. There's that another sucks. bot headed this way, bigger than yeah. anything they've ever seen before. And... You know, uh, you know. Then we have a, a little hubrisy moment. It's it's just a tiny bit. Um, but to be fair to Adora, who is immune to people chanting your name? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, never experienced anything like this. Yeah, um, and you know, people she yelling, hasn't been coached or prepared or anything. No, no. And so she's like, you know what? Just keep partying. I'll you're, go take care of this. You're under our protection now. Yeah, you just do it. Y'all are fine. Yeah, and the Bo. whole crowd the whole crowd starts chanting Shira, Shira. Yeah. And who, like I said, who would be immune to that? Like- yeah. And I have another gayest moment here. Ooh. Um, when the small mayor says, Are you sure we shouldn't evacuate the town? And Shira, who is now in her most cockiest butch daddy energy of all time. Um, she says, Don't worry. After all, it's my job and I'm pretty good at it. Enjoy the festivities. Like the way she says it, she's just so uh, full of herself. Yeah, she's like, I love you guys that. Just enjoy the party. Bye, enjoy the party. Swiftwind and I'll take care of this. I'm so good at it. Yeah. She pops on Swiftwind. Yep. And it's just one bot. Yeah, you know. yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Indeed. Um, and Swifty is super into having some sacred bond time. And as yeah. soon as she hops on his back, he yells, Shira and Swift win forever! <laughs> Which is great. I love I when love Swiftwind that. is happy. I know, me too. Swiftwind is just, when Swiftwind is happy, it is pure unmitigated joy. Yeah, and they fly off full of brimming with confidence. Bless them. And 
Oh, what could possibly go wrong? Well, here we go. This is exactly what could possibly go wrong. So what happens? Well, so they fight the robot and we think everything is totally normal, but then it turns into the Terminator. It seems really easy at first. Also, did you happen to notice this tiny detail as they are smashing the shit out of this bot? We happen to see for the first time the undersides of Swiftwind's hooves and he has a perfect little gold star on the bottom of each of his hooves. No, but that's yes. adorable. Yes, I fucking died. Um, yeah, I would too. That's wicked cute. So if you want to see it, peoples, you can go back to this scene um, when they're destroying this one initial bot. When he sm- he kicks it with his back legs. And you can see the little stars. Stars upon stars. Aw, I love it. And then yeah. he kicked it. And I kicked them. <laughs> and he it's kicked his, them. It's his signature move, man. I love it. Oh, he's a horse, right? He's yeah, not going to hold yeah, a sword. Yeah. He's got a lot of but, feet. Yeah, he's got a lot of feet. Yeah. So they, they <laughs> kill the bot. Shira says, piece of cake, huh? Yep. And of course, that's never the thing you say when you kill yes. a bot. And Swift has a great line. Swiftwind says, uh, does cake normally grow back and turn into more pieces of cake when you cut it? Which would be awesome, but also kind of terrifying. Like, yeah. I feel like it would be one of those things where it's like a King Midas thing. Yeah, where you're like, I yeah. wish every time I cut a piece of cake yeah, in half, yeah. it'll Careful be more cake. what you wish for. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes. So Shira says they need to be careful about how they destroy these. Mm-hmm. And Swiftwind gets so excited again and says, is it magical sacred bond time? And it is. Yes. And, and they both blow up and go into the Avatar state. Yep. And they are they carefully smash them and they destroy them. You know? Yes. They, they do a great job together using their magical sacred bond, yes. magically sacredly destroying the cold multiplying machines. Yes. And even at this point, Swiftwind is starting to think that maybe that might have been too easy. Yeah, because and Adora's like, no, we're awesome. No, we're you just know? that good. Yeah, they well, kept telling us about it. Let's get back to the party. And so they get back to the park. Where the hell is everyone? Oh, this is super creepy. Yeah, this is really creepy. Also, like when they, you know, the when we see Elberon again, they also use Elberon as like a really super creepy place. I think it just lends itself to being like kind of yeah. a weird, creepy place. Well, because it's like when you're in a place that has such joyful, boisterous energy one moment, and then you come back and it's just like hauntingly deserted. Yeah, that stark contrast is very unnerving. Mm-hmm. It's like you came back to the upside down version of it. Yes. It's like, are we still in the same dimension that we just were in? Or did we like, stumble through a portal? Yeah, it's like the evil dimension where everybody has goatees. Sure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, and Swifty wonders if maybe this is one of those parties that Bo told him about where people hide and then jump out and yell surprise. But it would be like, a, that's like a reverse party because he said that those things happened before the yes, party starts. so it's definitely not a one of those. Yep, so, but you know. conveniently, there is one person who was not captured by the Horde, and I bet you can't guess who it is. Is it Flutterina? It's Flutterina. I'm smart. She's so ready to help because she's such a pal. Yeah, the horde is so awful. And they attacked and Bo tried to fight and he's the only reason some people escaped. But the horde took them all. And Odora puts all the pieces together. Oh, shit. Well, the bot in the woods was a diversion. Yeah. And is immediately like, ah, shit, I fell for it. This is my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Adora takes all the credit, but she also takes all the blame when things go wrong. 
Yeah. Oh, Adora. It's okay. Yeah. We all make mistakes. So now let's mosey over to the pit. Let's go to the the pit. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good description of it. I mean, the prison pit. It's the only way you can describe it. It's it's a it's a very technologically advanced pit, but it is just a pit. Yeah, and I just want to just throw in one thing is that Flutterina does join Adora when they go yes. to the pit. Yes, yes. Um, Flutterina is now fully on Team Rebellion. Yep. So Flutterina joins Adora and they head and then we cut to the pit where, you know, everybody's checking in, you know, the Bo mayor wakes set. up confused, groggy, yeah. and without his arrows. Oh, no. Oh, no. And, you know, where <laughs> townsperson, uh, big wife, mm-hmm. uh, is like, we're doomed. What good is a tech master without his tech? Bo without his bow, which, you know, is... Yes, but Bo is a number one at inspirational speeches under dire circumstances. Yeah. He assures everyone that Shira and Swiftwind won't rest until they find them, and also they can still work on escaping on their own. Yeah, I love this. And, you know, we, we get shades of the like, hey, no- hey, normal everyday people, I'm a normal everyday person too. Right, that exactly. That we got from... Um, from our robot, our people rebelling against the robots yep, in yep. all the way back yep, in back season in, one. Yeah, that's right. When he was um, rousing the kitchen staff in drill. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some of the little kids, you know, get starry eyed with inspiration as he's yeah. speechifying. Yeah. He's like, I can get us out of this. And everyone, like, everyone believes him and cheers and rallies around his spirit. Yay! Okay, and we're really happy about that, but then we, you know, we go to... And then we cut to outside the pit. Yeah, so outside the pit. Meanwhile, back with the Horde, we have Scorpia. We love Scorpia. We do love Scorpia. She's so fucking stoked to be back out in the field with her best buddy, Katra, getting back to their normal life. Yeah, taking a bunch of random prisoners from a party, putting said prisoners in a big pit, and then guarding said pit. And... I think that does. I think that's a really good way to describe friendship. I yeah, mean, if that doesn't say friendship, I don't know yeah. what does. I mean, Jenny, I know for a fact that that has defined our friendship multiple times. Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, I can't count the number of pits that we've guarded together. Yeah, you know, we're 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 pit guards together for life. Absolutely, um, the super pal duo is back, and Catcher's is like not there. Yeah. Yep. Not there. Katra is still barely holding it together. Yeah. And um, so, she doesn't like, blink at any of this. She just asks about the weapons they confiscated. Yep. And <laughs> Katra and Scorpia's like, ooh, look at this. And yeah. she fires the confetti cannon. Yes. But calls it cut up pieces of paper, which I of love. Course, they've never had a party. Never, they don't know what confetti is. They don't know what confetti is. But Katra does not have a good reaction to the confetti cannon, just like Small Mayor did not. Right. And we totally understand this. Totally, um, yeah. But, you know, it's just very unfortunate because Scorpio's trying so hard to have fun with her friend, and it is just going so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, Scorpio just wants them to be having quality time together, and Catra just wants them to focus on work, which would be easier for Scorpia if Catra would, like, tell her any information about the plans. You know, mm-hmm. like old times. Right. But, you know, Catra's got her. Catra has it. She she can handle it. She's got her own thing going on. And it's like, no, we need to focus about like, you know, you know, the strategy. Let's keep right. going. But she's not telling Scorpia anything about <gasps> no, the strategy, no, which makes it really not. hard for Scorpia 
to yeah. be a helpful person or do her job when she doesn't have any information. Yeah. And, and it's so heartbreaking. And Scorpia admits that she's feeling kind of left out ever since the portal. And of course, we don't talk about the portal with Katra. No. So this is the first of several times in the episode where Katra visibly cannot even stand to hear the word portal without being triggered. Yep. And it's just all really bad. It's all really bad. And Catcher's like, well, get over it. Like, nope, take, you know, not doing it anymore. Like, yeah. this is this is not any super pal duo stuff. This yeah, is things are going the really downhill between these two. Yeah. And it hurts to watch. It hurts. It does hurt to watch. Yeah. But meanwhile, in the shrubbery. In the strawberry. There are some people hiding. Oh, is it? Who is it? It's Adora and Flutterina and Swifty. Oh, and, and I love to figure out how to sneak in. And I love that when they kind of execute the plan, we have the breaking in kind of music, the like kind of like synthy electronic, like a totally the vibe totally changes back yeah. into like like an, an electronic synthy like like very like movement oriented like but like lots of like absolutely you know syncopated beats and uh you know it very much feels like kind of like back to the 80s core of the action show yeah the fun action show yeah absolutely and swifty you know as always um is feeling himself points out that he and adora are highly conspicuous which is a side effect of being majestic yeah, and I get this. Toss. Yeah, I mean, I understand this. It's, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many people named Meth do you know? <laughs> well, like, but, you know, people don't know by looking at you that your name is Meth. No, I, I'm just, I, you, I you mean... Do not, you do not have a long, flowing mane of majestic rainbow-colored horse hair. No, I don't. I don't have those so, things. So, you know, he knows he's yeah. majestic. He's not going to try to hide it. No, and I love that. I love like, that, yeah. too. Feel yourself. Do um, it. But no worries, because Flutterina's got a plan for this. Of course, Flutterina. Conveniently, Flutterina has a plan. Yes, quite. Very convenient. Quite. She does not put much effort into the worst, oh, no, you've caught me, ever. Yeah. But, it, it, which you know, bare minimum always... effort, but it still works. <laughs> It's always funny. I love the yeah. like bare minimum effort for like something that should be terrifying. Like it's yeah, great. Yeah. And we get this great like POV shot of Adora's fist just coming right into Horde Soldier's face, yes. which wonderful. Yes. And I love the fact that again, this is like she doesn't even need to be in sheer form to take out a full body armored soldier with one fucking punch. Yeah. That's hot. Yeah, that is hot. I don't have it as a gayest moment, but it is a hot moment. Yeah, I agree. So. Um, so now our buddies have a horde iPad and they can see where Bo and friends are. Mm-hmm. And Fluttering is like, well, what do we do? And I Get love this part. Get your fainting couch, girl. Uh-huh. I love this part because we have kind of like a, a truncated version of our... Um, transformation sequence but we have flutterina watching it right that's why it's truncated because it's interspersed with her reactions and i i mean if i saw this in real life i would be having the same like jaw drop right i mean i think that we would be slightly less hysterical but yes because we're not 12 i mean you might be i mean i don't know it's hard to know it's hard to know. I, if somebody magically transformed into like an eight foot tall like super valkyrie in front of you now yeah. 
yeah, in real no, no. life. No, in real, yeah, no, no, no. You're probably like, right. Yeah, you'd be like, what? Like every single like thing in your brain about how you understand reality to yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, but she lives in a world where she knows melt. this happens. Oh, it's, sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, sure. It's, funny. Oh, it's sure. meant to be funny. Yeah, and you know. it, yes, it's sure. basically like a Beatles at Shea Stadium kind of situation. Yeah, it's you know. exactly. It's like, it's like ultimate she might as well fan throw girl. her panties, you know. Yeah, which you know, on another show she might. Yes, on the less wholesome show. On the less wholesome show, that would yes. be something that would happen on on um, Harley and Ivy. That oh yeah, was, absolutely. That, like the panty throwing would absolutely happen on that absolutely. show. Absolutely. Speaking of Harley Quinn, friends, I don't know if we'll, it will have already come out by now, but I just recorded with our friend Ian Carlos Crawford for the season three finale of Harley Quinn on Slayer Fest '98. So be sure to catch that. Yeah, go check out our pals at Slayer Fest. Fucking love so, Harley Quinn. But let's go back to let's go back to Etheria. Yes. And so the next location that I have written, so that's the end of that sequence. Mm-hmm. The next title for the location that I have is at the next location that isn't the pit but has many bots. <laughs> that's like the <laughs> trap. The trap that Catcher has set up to trick Adora. Mm-hmm. It's not the pit, but she thinks it is. Right. And once again, Adora's tricked. By Catra, because of course Catra knows how Adora thinks. Right. Um, but also and, they forgot that the bots regenerate, and they have right. a hilarious reaction to that. Yeah. Oh yeah, they regenerate. Mm. So then I have to kick more bot yeah, ass. Yeah. While Adora is, face palms. Uh huh. Good job, guys. Yeah. But you know they'll do it, and yeah, we yeah. cut back Small to the setback. Act- yeah. Small setback, but then we go to the actual pit where Bo is crushing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, I, don't worry. This isn't my first rodeo, right? Yep. And it finds the little kid, you know, Chekhov's t- toy bow and arrow. Yep, yep. And, and Chekhov's little that. surge device. I love I know, Chekhov's surge device and Chekhov's bow and arrow. And, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, saves some the day, disables the, the force day. field. Yep. And, of course, this only works because literally no one is guarding the pit. Right. But we right. know that the only reason for this is that the objective of this mission from Catra is to embed Flutterina. Yes, so exactly. So that's why she's making it easy for them to escape. And so mischief, you know, yes. but like, you know, yes. a little yes. mischief on the side, you know, keep Elberon on their toes also. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like she would have made, I'm sure she would have planted guards if she genuinely didn't want them to escape. Oh yeah, I mean, but they we, have we, to escape in order for this hor- for the hordes mission to be successful of embedding Flood Arena and letting them escape and go back to Brightmoon. Right, exactly. And then we have our first and only meeting of Adora and Katra in this season. That's right. I did say at the end of last season that they never meet in all of season four, and that was wrong. They do meet this one time. But the way that they they frame this is very interesting because they have a huge physical distance between them so much so that when we kind of do an over-the-shoulder shot from Adora Catra is very very tiny and they're pretty much just yelling at each other like this is the like physical manifestation of the you know gap between them this is the rift yeah yeah that's well put thank you and Catra does get in one Hey Adora it's a really good one a really good one this is like a top Five, hey Adora. Yeah, it's a really good one. It's loaded. It's it's loaded. Um, and you know and their whole interaction is you know it's very personal. 
Mm-hmm. It's very, you know, full of pain and angst. Thought I'd have to kidnap another town to get your attention. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were having a party. Must have thought you were pretty special. Yeah. Like, and- like my note after that dialogue is, boy, she's literally every wicked witch who throws a curse because she's mad she wasn't invited to the party. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. And also the way that she says party, it's like, first of all, she spits it out, like, you know, with, like, complete, like, you know, disdain. Yeah. But also she says it like it's a word that's kind of new for her mouth because we know it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, big, two big thumbs up for AJ. That is some, that is some Mm -hmm. really good voice acting Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course we have Adora's, like, you know, can we skip the speech? I'm done with your games. And then Adora brings up the portal, and mm-hmm. I hope it was worth it. Mm-hmm. And, Too many you know, people got hurt when you set off the portal. Yep, and that, you know, then we have more portal yeah. stuff. And Catra visibly recoils just from yep. hearing the word portal. Yep, so, you know, we're seeing that maybe Catra isn't having the greatest time. No, she yeah. is really... She- down in the depths she is this whole season is her dark night of the soul is her dark night of the soul and we see from the beginning that you know her it's it is a descent it's not like you know for as you know high as she you know continues to go through like you know the external her external journey of like conquering etheria her psychological well-being just tanks yes exactly she is going through all of this this external conquering to try to prove to herself that what's happening inside is not actually happening, but yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 It hasn't been there. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very human, very human, very, very common response to trauma as well. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So they have this, they have this very emotional back and forth. Mm -hmm. Adora says, I hope it was worth it because I won't let you hurt my friends or anyone else ever again. Mm -hmm. And Catra laughs and says, Mm -hmm. you were the one who left the villagers unprotected. You're good enough at hurting your friends without my help, but you're still terrible at spotting traps. Yeah. And the way that Catra brings up the hurting your friends thing, whereas in the past it has been with kind of this like vitriol of like, you hurt me. But here it is very specifically part of it, it is weaponized. Like, she almost says it with a detachment of, like, you know, oh, you're good at hurting your friends. And it's, it's you know, referring to the other friends. They aren't friends anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they both, you know, ha- experienced that rift um, yeah. at the end of season three. And they they're fully both broken on- up. Yeah, they're both on the other side of that breakup. Yeah. So. So, as Catra announces that it's a trap... Adora looks around, suddenly realizes she's standing on a giant metal plate mm-hmm. <laughs> surrounded by these bots, which electrify it. Yeah. Trapping her and Swiftwind in this electrical field that looks very similar to what Shadow Weaver has been doing to Catra her whole life. Yep. And Catra brings that up and said, well, she was good for something in the end. Mm-hmm. It's very dark. Oh, this is really fucking dark. Mm-hmm. And Catra's last line in this scene is, if only your friends could see you now, as Adora is screaming and writhing on the ground. Yeah, it's fucked up. This is torture. Like, yeah, it's dark. Yeah, yeah, it's really dark. Well, I think that maybe her friends will be able to see her soon. I think 
that prediction is probably accurate. Let's mosey back over to that totally unguarded pit. Meanwhile, back at the pit. Yes. So Bo, Bo notices yes. that it's unguarded yes. and also thinks that's kind of weird. But no time to dwell on that. Right. It's, it's you not know. like they're going to stop escaping. No, they got shit to do. Yeah. Uh, when Flutterina comes a running. So Flutterina's there. How did she get there? Well, when Shira and Catra started battling, she Shira said to Flutterina, you know, I'll handle this. You stay out of the way. Yeah, yeah. And Bo is like, okay, sure, you're here. That's fine. Yep. <laughs> and... So Flutterina leads the rebels back over to where Shira is in need of assistance. Mm-hmm. Katra is enjoying some quality time taunting her ex. Yep. Which, you can you tell know. she she is enjoying, you know, she's in a fucked up way. This. She's enjoying yeah. saying this. She says, you know, Adora, your whole self-righteous hero thing is getting old. At least I finally found a way to shut you up. Yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, this is, like, super mean, but, like, it's also, like, kind of, like, hot, mean lesbian shit. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm a little screwed up. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, we all are. It's, I, it's I, fine, I, I, I can't dis- I can't disagree with that. Yeah. Um, they're working out their shit. There's many ways, shit. many ways yeah. to work through it. Yeah, sometimes um, it's, you know. And just torn. as Catra is getting into her stride, whap, a rock hits her right between the eyes. Yep. You get away from She-Ra. Like. Yes. And once again, I note that even though Flutterina calls her She-Ra, Bo yells Adora. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Bo, Catra, Glimmer, the people closest to her always recognize her personhood. They yes. always call her Adora, even when she's in Shira form. Yes. Um, I just thought that was worth noting. No, I love I, I I always love that like observation. That is like one of the like running themes through the show. Yeah. Is that like the people that are always close closest to her recognize her for her own merits and not for her mantle. Yeah. And even Katra, like Katra's yeah. not recognizing her for her merits, but she recognizes her personhood. Yes. Yes. I think personhood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a better way to put that. Um, so Catcher decides this is a good time to put on a show using all these fancy new bots. Mm-hmm. And Bo uses the adorable child's toy bow and arrow to set off the confetti cannon, which confuses the bots and causes chaos. I love this idea. That's such a... Yeah. I love that. It's that was very, great. Very quick thinking. Very quick thinking. Um, and, you know... I guess Catra plan. Catra knew that they were going to do something. I mean, I guess even if Catra didn't have an exact plan for how this final fight would go down, she knew that like she was going to let them get away somehow. Right. Right. Because that's the only way that this would all work. So the bots are a little, you know, the bots are discombobulated. The bots are discombobulated. Discombobulated. And then we have sacred bond time. Yes, Shira and Swift win sacred bond. Destroying the electricity and freeing them. Saving the day. Yes. And they save the day. Catra runs off and everybody cheers. Hooray. Three, in fact. Well, they say three cheers for Shira. I don't ah. actually know if they do that. Hip, hip, hooray! Yes. But, you know. I uh, did not count, but yes. The sentiment yeah. is there. The sentiment is there. They hip, they hip, they hooray. Um, and, you know, Adora's like, we couldn't have done it without you. It's not just me. It's mm-hmm. you as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, share the glory. You know, I yes. have been humbled. Yes, yes. So, um, 
and they recognize, wow, Flutterina really helped us out. It was her quick thinking that saved us. Yes, and Flutterina makes her little speech. She Mm -hmm. says, I know you think I'm just a kid, but I'm ready to join the rebellion. I want to fight the horde and keep my people safe like She-Ra. Mm-hmm. And again, I write, where is your family child? Why is no one from Elberon <laughs> saying, we don't know this kid? Like, I but, don't know her. But okay. Yeah, we, she doesn't we, go we here. We gotta let it go. Yeah. Yeah, she and doesn't even go to this school. She doesn't even go to this school, right? Like, <laughs> so. But Bo and Adora are not the mistrusting types. They accept her wholeheartedly and everyone is happy. Yep. And for then now. everyone cheers for now. What an asset to this team. Indeed. What could possibly go wrong? Couldn't and tell ya. I couldn't tell you. Oh, and then we go to uh, Catra's moody fright zone platform of pondering and she is yeah, not okay. We have we have a very sad scene now back in the fright yeah. zone. And Scorpia goes and visits Catra at her flat fright zone platform of pondering. Mm-hmm. Um, and internal struggle. Mm-hmm. And checks in because yeah scorpia's her friend yeah yeah and she knows that when catra goes to this fright zone platform of pondering and internal struggle she's not okay and also you know anytime she's off by herself yeah skulking you know yeah yeah um and and scorpia has a great line she says are you okay don't worry about that Adora stuff. I'm here and there's nothing we can't fix because that's what friends are for. I'm sure Hordak will understand. Oh, and if Entrapta was here, maybe we could. Yep. And of and course, saying Entrapta's name is the last straw and Catra yep. just snaps. Just totally snaps. Yep. And um, is stop, stop, like does the complete push away. Like yeah. literally says, back off. We're not friends. And, yep. and she Emily. stands up at, and mm-hmm. she's like standing over Scorpia and like yelling yeah. down at her, yelling in her face. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's fucked up. And she's like, Scorpia, we're not friends and keep Emily out of my sight. Yeah. Well, and it's just- those are, there's like, can I want to paint the scene here a little bit because there's, yes, please. there's some beats between those two lines that yes, really please. matter. Yeah. So first Catcher says, stop it. Stop badgering me. Stop hovering over me. Just back off. I don't need to explain myself to you. We're not friends. And there's a few beats of Scorpio reacting to that. Like her pupils get so small in that way that in animation it shows that someone is frightened and reacting uh-huh. to something. She uh-huh. looks absolutely terrified. And she just sits there in stunned silence as Catra storms away. And then mm. after a few beats, Catra sort of does a half turn. And she says, oh, and Scorpia? And Scorpia turns around with this hopeful look that is so heartbreaking because you know that there's nothing good coming. But Scorpia thinks, oh, maybe she's sorry. She's going to say she's sorry. And what Catra actually says, and this line, this final line is said uh, from Catra mostly in shadow. She says, keep Emily out of my sight or I'll sell her for scrap. Understand? Mm-hmm. And then Catra walks away. And Scorpia yeah. says nothing, but her eyes narrow in this very particular way as she turns back to stare out into the abyss mm. like maybe she's just finally beginning to accept that Catra is a toxic friend who's never going to give her what she needs 
Yeah. Just like a toe in the water of that acceptance. Yeah. I feel like this is the first moment of Scorpio Mm -hmm. starting to sort of like flirt with the possibility that this friendship isn't going to give her what she needs. Well, this is also like before this, I would argue that Catra's uh, attitude towards Scorpio was kind of grumpy, like kind of jerky, but grumpy. But this is cruel. Yeah. This has really crossed a line. Yeah. Um, And the scene ends with Scorpia sitting alone on the edge of what I have titled Catra's Emo Moonscape Brooding Platform. Oh, that's a good name. But I like your name, too. I, think I like both. I think they, they both, both work. work. Yeah. Um, you know, the moon is a really big part of that. It is. Of that picture. It's a yeah, big, it is. big moon and it's beautiful. Uh-huh. And Scorpia is just so, so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then we kind of go from this, like, really, like, dark emotional moment to swift wind singing some red swift wind songs i love swift yes. wind songs yeah, we get to have one final happy scene yeah. back in the woods with our pals yeah. walking back to bright moon yeah sacred bond saving the day yeah swift wind songs yeah yeah gotta love yep. it ed flutterita's like ah okay you know totally like i can't believe it me flutterita just like okay yeah. dude got best it day of my life. yeah best day of my life she's best really day. feeling herself Yes. Yeah, and whereas Adora's yeah. not really feeling she's, herself and kind she's of wraps. A glum. Yeah, but she wraps up. She, you know, not so, you know, not so subtly wraps up her emotional journey at the end of this as well, which is, you know, I put everyone in danger because I thought I could handle it myself. I was so excited that everyone was treating me like a hero. I forgot how to act like one. Yep. And Bo was the one who got her to talk about what she was feeling because he, you know, as another one of the most emotionally intelligent people checks in with her and he's like, Hey, Hey buddy, what's going on? Uh huh. And so that's what got her to express all that. Yep. So she says all those things and Bo says, Hey, Elberon's safe. And we got a new recruit for the rebellion. Yeah. And Adora's like, yeah, you're right. I couldn't have done it without you. Thanks buddy. Yep. And it's like, anytime. Let's go home. And we think we have our nice victory moment here. Yeah, yeah. And then we have this like little cut to the horde where Hordak says, did it work? And yep. Katra is like, ha ha, like a charm. The plan is underway. Yes. And as she's saying that, the shot fades back to Flutterina and Adora's voice saying, welcome to Bright Moon. And we see Flutterina seeing Bright Moon as Catra's voice says, those idiots won't know what hit him, and Flutterina's eyes briefly flash green in case anyone has not yet picked up on the fact that Flutterina is double trouble. What? And she blinks with her what? Mictitating membranes! Yay! Yeah, and oh no! And we're all screwed. Well, did we? Chaos will definitely be sowed. Chaos will definitely be sowed. Wackiness will absolutely be ensued. And Jenny, yes, Meth. What did we learn today? I think we learned that you can't always trust new people at face value, one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, that's one tough lesson. That's a tough lesson. You know, yeah. you might you might be a trusting and loving person, but not one hundred percent of the people in the world are. So mm-hmm. get to know new people a little bit before you trust them a thousand percent with the keys to your heart, your life, your, your your vulnerabilities. Yeah, your literal kingdom. Your literal kingdom. Yeah. 
Um, we also learned that um, being praised is great and deserved, but it also doesn't mean that you don't still need your friends. Aww. Yeah. I love that. Thanks, buddy. These were good lessons. Well, folks, if you liked what you heard and you want to infiltrate Bright Moon with us, you can like and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast fix. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at HeyAdoraCast, or you can email us your suspicions at HeyAdoraCast at gmail.com. And also, don't forget to review us on iTunes, because that helps yes. more people find us and gay scream with us. Yes, review us in all of the places. We love we love hearing how much you love our gay screaming, because we love yours. Yay! And I heard a rumor that we have a Patreon. I can confirm that rumor. It's 100% true. What? No way! So if you become a member of the Rebellion and join our Patreon, you get fantastic perks like bonus episodes, or joining our Discord. Our Discord is awesome. It's a fun place to chat with each other, talk about theories, ask us questions you might have about the episode. Just have fun community times with our little Rebellion. We love fun community times. You also get exclusive playlists, Patreon-only live watches, which are a blast. We watched old school She-Ra last time, Mm -hmm. and let me tell you, you should absolutely watch some old school Shira with us because it's fun. Yeah, it's always a great time. It's always fun. And Princess Jenny, I heard that you may have some story time, maybe some story hours. It's always in the works. It's always in the works. And we have so many more things in the works over over in Patreon land. So you can find a link to our Patreon as well as this week's Spotify playlist, Flood Arena, in our show notes or at heyadora.ke. All the things are always at heyadora.ke. Dot gay. It's pretty awesome that we have a dot gay. I don't know how anyone could ever forget that. No, I mean dot, it's got it's dot gay. It's we are dot gay. It's all you'll ever need. And remember, queer joy is radical. And queer love saves the universe. Woo!